welcome to the Sauk Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sauk Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sauk Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Jana Groherring, the Executive Director of Sterling Main Street. Jana, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is a cool opportunity. Absolutely. Um, can you just give us a quick snapshot, just a start? Jana, who are you? Who do you love? And give us a, a quick just intro to, to you. You gave me this question in advance, and it's still one of the hardest ones I came up with, to, thought of to answer. Um, I'm Jana Groherring. I'm just I'm just me. I'm from Sterling. I'm from the area. I grew up in Rock Falls. Uh, went away to college. Moved back here. Have had a bizarre string of careers over the de- last few decades, and um, I've been doing this Main Street thing for ten years now, and I love it. Wow. Okay. So you're local. Yep. Grew up here. Mm-hmm. Rock Falls side. Yes. Uh, has your family disowned you for now working for Sterling? Because, <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, I'm new to the area, but I've heard no. that, that river can get pretty wide sometimes. It's weird. I kind of joke. I um, When I bought my first house about 20 years ago, I bought a house in Galt. I called it my own private Switzerland. <laughs> it retains its own zip code <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, Granted, I sold that house a few years ago, and I don't actually live in Sterling, but sure, um, the river is bigger than it needs to be. Sure. Yeah. I, I think maybe the ones that I've been talking to are the ones who uh, primarily focus on uh, high school sports. That's a that's a pretty wide river at that point. Yeah. But they don't even play against shit <laughs> other anymore. That whole rivalry, rivalry started when they did decades ago. Sure. But they don't even play against each other anymore. So it's... it's sure. It's just, it's just stupid at this point. So, so tell me the story of Jana. How did you, you mentioned you went away to college, you came on back Mm -hmm. and you went through a little bit of a journey to to get you to now. Take us on that journey a little bit. Oh my goodness sakes. Um, Left here, went to college, didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Graduated from college, still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, Had a string of jobs. I mean, my my degree is technically in criminal justice. So I worked for a Mm. while in like social services, like Lutheran social services, like troubled youth and things like that. Realized quickly that was not for me. Mm. Tended bar off and on for 20, 30 years at half the establishments in town at various points in time. Um, did a lot of work as a paralegal for various law firms in town. Okay. Um, most of whom have repartnered or reorganized or retired and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but right immediately before becoming the main street director, I, um, was managing the precinct to bar downtown in Sterling. Yeah. And, um, wasn't really aware of what main street was at the time, but, uh, airplay sports next door had just opened up and I was trying to rebuild like some lunch business and drop business to the bar that was serving lunch. Tim was just opening the coffee shop. We're like, Hey, let's, we just kind of started collaborating. Hey, let's do some, let's start some cool stuff downtown to kind of get more people down here Yeah, and get people to know who we are and what we're doing. So, um, being friends with Bud and Lisa Lefevre, who owned Distinctive Gardens in Dixon, they were really involved with an event Dixon had going on at the time called Second Saturdays. I kind of piggybacked off of that, and we created a Fourth Fridays event here in Sterling. Okay. Um, it was just small businesses trying to get downtown businesses hosted art or music or something on a Friday night once a month. And, and this was just like just a, bring, a, a grassroots thing. Very much. From from the, the business owners down there saying, let's yep. start it ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Um, and from there, I was then approached by Main Street saying, um, hey, you want to come work with us? Um, I started as a board member. Okay. And then while I was on the board, the, the executive director position came open and they asked if I would be interested. And that was 
Well, it'll be 10 years this summer that I've had the job officially, oh. and I was on the board for about two years before that. So this yeah. goes back to about 2009. Yeah. So so then, uh, being being someone who had invested in, in multiple different businesses in the area, mm-hmm. working there, managing, working in and out of offices and stuff, you got to kind of see uh, how the the city events and the collaboration between businesses worked and or didn't. Did that give you a different flavor as you came into the executive director role of trying, you know, have, having seen things work or not and having kind of a pet project to start with or what happened coming into that position? Not at all. Um, I think that's one of the things I like most about this job is it's always different every day. There's no monotony to it at all. And like as business, the relationship between business owners, you know, it's, it's very ebb and flow. I mean, with the change of employees, staff, businesses, nothing's ever the same because Mm. it's a very fluid environment. The events we do now aren't necessarily, I mean, some of them are the same, have been around forever. We've instituted a lot of new events and activities. You just, you really, you just need to get to know the people and figure out what it is we need as a community. I mean, what's, you know, that's my job. I mean, Main Street is more than just like the community events part. That Mm -hmm. is the piece that is most visible and probably what we're most known for. But it really is because Main Street isn't just in Sterling. The, this Main Street movement is actually a national thing. Yeah. Um, there's a National Main Street Center, Main Street America, as they call it now. Then there's Illinois Main Street, and there's about 20 communities in Illinois that are actually Illinois Main Street communities, of which Sterling is one. Okay, so you're part of a bigger network. Yes. Um, wow. We are an accredited member, um, <clears throat> accredited community. And basically, Main Street is, it started 40-some years ago. It's an Economic development, economic redevelopment program with an emphasis on historic preservation. Okay. So it came about, you know, in the 70s yeah. when, like, same as what happened to Sterling. The mall came in the early 70s. Yeah. Businesses exited downtown Sterling and everybody went to the mall. Yeah. That's when the de- decline of most city centers started happening because downtown used to be the center of commerce for all rural communities and mm-hmm. even some urban neighborhoods. They started realizing this was a problem. And wanted to come up with a way, how do we get people back downtown? Yeah. We need to reinvent ourselves as downtowns because yeah. we're not going to be the center of commerce as, uh, with the rise of big big box stores and stuff like that. And even more so now with online. So how do we morph and adjust to especially not lose all these his, his, all these historic buildings that are in the downtowns? Right. Is that something that Sterling Main Street oversees? Is the historic preservation from like an architecture standpoint even? or um, We can provide some guidance in that way, yes. Mm. I mean, we don't have any like regulations or anything like that. We do offer a facade grant program to mm-hmm. the businesses and the, the buildings in the downtown. Mm-hmm. So if you want to uh, redo the exterior of your building, we can help with some of those improvements if you're if you're restoring it historically accurately. I see, I see. Um, we had a building get painted pink once and we were like, I don't want to see that ever happen again. Oh, dear. Um, so we've done, there's been a lot of renovations of buildings. You know, I mean, in the early 90s, downtown Strolling lost a bunch of buildings. You know, they tore down the county. I'm sure you've heard the story. You're new yeah. in town. You've heard the, oh, my God, they killed the downtown. They tore everything down. Um, yes, they did tear down a, a fair amount of downtown. Yeah. But the redevelopment, it was a necessary step, I think, mm. at the time. There's no way we could have, you know, we're doing our best now to save everything we can. Yeah. But you have to kind of just respect what you were given. We're not going to be able to save everything. Right. Um, some buildings are just too far gone. Yeah. But how do you empower and encourage current building owners to 
maintain them, keep them up, help us get, we'll help you get tenants for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quality tenants. So we don't need 16 more resale shops and we don't need 16 more slot parlors. Uh, we need businesses. Yeah. So our goal is multifold. Um, Main Street operates on a, like a, four, they call it a four point approach. And the four pillars are design, organization, promotions, and economic vitality. Dope is how I, rem- I always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> It's the easiest oh, way to do that. What a what a wonderful acronym. Yeah. So design, I mean, that comes into the historic preservation piece, our yeah. facade grants and stuff like that. You've, you've seen a lot of those buildings already redone. Already redone. Um, Mead's Bike Shop was one of them. Um, we just recently helped Lisa's Brick House redo the front of her building. Mm. Um, want- the, the UOI, Merle Norman, all those storefronts. Yeah. Their uh, Filmatics Insurance. There, I mean, there's a, a thing that I've noticed uh, drive around town that I wondered, uh, I think maybe y'all have your hand in is there's these wonderful murals on the sides and the backs of some of these yes. buildings. And I can see, you know, they're, they're dated from, from different times. But was that something, was that an initiative of Sterling Main Street or is that something you guys no. have kind of helped preserve since? That or? is something we um, have taken custody of mm. the murals were started by a whole separate group called the Sterling Mural Society back in the nineties. There was a whole different group of this was before Main Street existed. Yeah. I mean, we've only been a Main Street community since two thousand nine. Yeah. So this was back in the nineties. A group of people got together and had these historic murals created. That group has since you know disbanded. Sure. Many of them died off, moved yeah. away, as 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 happens, and there wasn't a succession plan, so to speak. So the mm. city had these murals, and they're like, "Hey, we got a Main Street now. Let 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 them take care of them, since they were all downtown." <laughs> so, um, we've been trying to revitalize a new committee to look after them, assess their maintenance needs, yeah. and get a plan together to well, maintain those. We redid one last fall. Okay, yeah, because I mean, a lot of the ones I've seen, they 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 look like they're still. They're not decades and decades old, or at least yeah. they've been maintained well enough. But they're they're so varied, and they they show different pockets of history in the area. And I just I, I hadn't noticed that in other you know uh, a small Midwest towns that seemed like unique to yeah. this area. And I was like, wow, how cool that that's here. Yes, they're all they are all unique. They're all based on historical events here in Sterling. Yeah. Um, we do have a walking guide. In our office, I should have brought really? one today. You can also get that on our website if you go to SterlingMainStreet.org. You know, shameless yeah, plug. Absolutely. Um, go to mur- the murals, and there's a little flip book you can follow on your phone. How cool. That tells you all the history of the murals when they were done and what the story is behind them. But they're all historical events from here in Sterling. Okay. That's cool that that got put together because I had yeah. wondered, you know, what's the story behind this? Or, yeah. you know, who who's the one that picked this uh Yeah. It was this, the, this group that did it. They just did a whole boatload of research and stuff like that's that. That's cool. But we're in the process. Some of them need more maintenance than others. Some of them just need a good cleaning. Some of them need a real touch up. Um, so we're trying to work through that process. There's going to be a lot of fundraising involved to have mm. to be able to do that because, yeah. you know, it's, it's been a long journey to try to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. And so you're mentioning, uh, helping kind of, uh, one revitalize the downtown area, mm-hmm. preserve as well by the upkeep mm-hmm. of some of these historical mm-hmm. buildings and stuff. But Sterling Main Street, um, also has an eye on community events as part of its, focus as well, yeah. or at least creating environments for the community to come to. Yes. Um, yeah. So 
So one one last design point I want to make is um, are the flower baskets downtown. If um, you'll see them come up this spring, mm-hmm. um, we put flower baskets on a lamppost, all the annuals that get planted and stuff in the downtown. A lot of people don't realize they just assume the city does that. No, Main Street does that. Okay. So we uh, continually fund, you know, that's the other thing is just strolling Main Street. We are a standalone 501 not-for-profit organization. Yeah. We are not a, an arm of the city. We work yeah. closely with the city of Sterling, but we are not part of the city of Sterling. My favorite way to joke about that is, is if, I, if, if I was... If we were, if, if Sterling Main Street was a part of the city, I'd have a lot better benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And, and, you know, you'd also have to probably uh, spend more time uh, uh, working with uh, people for funding, you know, not that you don't have to do that already, right, but yes, there's yeah. different people so, you have to ask for that. So yes, we are very community driven Yeah, and we need the community's input to do what we do, but um, we, we do all the flower baskets downtown. So, you know, we're, we can't continually ask for money for that too, because flowers require water. Yeah. And lots of it. Mother Nature does, does not provide enough of it. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And so yeah. there's there's those types of things of not only beautifying mm-hmm. the downtown area, yeah. but that's part of the process of creating it as a space yeah. to bring the community. So what are the exactly. what are the types of things that like get you excited, especially I mean maybe maybe there's seasonal yeah. things and we're heading into spring of like what what has been a, a, a exciting or something that you're looking forward to as a, a community gathering aspect of, of exactly. the downtown area? So yes, um, one of the things I like to say is the downtown is everybody's backyard. So it's mm-hmm. a place everybody should come. So um, we've got some, <clears throat> our event schedule is winding up. We just did Sip into Spring last week. That um, this, Our Sip and Shop events in the spring and in the fall are two of my favorite events. We've been doing them for a few years now. But one of my, and again, this comes to like the economic vitality point is it lets me, you know, the, my favorite comment to hear from the people that come to that event is, I didn't know the store was here. Yeah. It's like a shop hopping, gets you into storefronts that you may not have other otherwise had a reason to go into. Yeah. So you were, you know, I may not buy something today, but now I know you have this widget. So next time I need the widget, I'm going to remember that you have this here locally. And I'm instead of buying it online or right. going to the Quad Cities or Rockford, I'm going to remember to come back to the store. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, what, I guess, is, is it because you have spent time working here and, and working in, like you said, lots of the establishments around town? Is that what gives you the passion to bring more people to that? What what, what gets you excited about uh, creating downtown as everyone's backyard? I'm not even sure I know how to explain it. It's just, I just, this is a great community, Sterling and Rock Falls both. I mean, it's a great yeah. place to live and more people should be proud of their communities. Mm. Um, just the negativity, especially online anymore. Um, the people, the keyboard warriors out there just bashing yeah. everything about the community. They have nothing to say. Well, right. get out there and do something to make it a better place. Right. Um, my favorite comment is people complain to me, well, there's nothing to do in strolling. Okay. What do you, what would you like to do? Yeah. My, the best response I get is, well, I don't know. I'm like, I can't help you then. If you don't, you know, what do you want to do? Well, I, well, did you know we have this? Oh, no. You know, or like the ones that are like, there's nothing going on. Okay, what do you want to do? And they tell me, and you list off a string of events that, the, that well, I don't, you know, do you read the paper? No. Do you follow social media? No. Yep. Do you look online <laughs> anywhere for things to do? No. Okay. Do you want to give me your phone number so I can text, yeah, so exactly. I can text you every day? But I wait will, a minute, you won't answer that phone because you don't recognize the I number. will come and get you and lead you by the hand. So what, give me some examples of some of the things that people are surprised to find out is either going on or or that we have going on in this area. Well, as we were getting ready for this conversation, 
Number one is the Twin City Farmer's Market. So Sterling Main Street runs and organizes the Twin City Farmer's Market. It is, in fact, open year-round, every single Saturday, 52 days, a year, 52 weeks a year. Yeah, that was news to me. Yeah. Um, we are one of, uh, I think, of nearly the only one in the state that is open continually in the same location. And that's, and that's the indoor, because uh, there's that, the outdoor extension that isn't open yet, right? Correct. Okay. So the indoor the indoor farmer's market, which usually has about 20, 20 25 vendors a week, okay. um, is open year-round. Um, wow. And then in the summertime, now that we have this outdoor pavilion, the city added... That opened in 2020, perfect timing in the middle of COVID. Um, so <laughs> Get people outside in yeah. the fresh air. So that is just an extension of the market mm. to allow us to host more vendors in the winter, in the summer months. So from the first Saturday of May through the last Saturday of October, not in addition to the indoor market vendors, which are still indoors, we also have additional vendors outdoors as well. Mm. Yeah. So that that's surprising, I think, for people to find out that it's happening you know, year round Twin Cities Farmer's Market. What other things, you know, when someone says, oh, I don't know what there is to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what are things that people haven't heard about? What's the best kept secret that's going on right now? I don't even know how to answer that question. Because to me, nothing's a secret. Because we know whatever it is. You're in it up to your eyeballs Um, every day. Just the number of people that don't know that. You know, UOI Boutique is there, or Soul Sensation, Sensation, or Crafted Roots, or Rusty Fox, or that the precinct serves lunch or yeah. just the the different restaurants that we have, the different food available, the different be- businesses and boutiques that we have downtown and what they all actually offer. Yeah. Um, you know, that's my biggest challenge every day is how do you get out that word? I'm Showplace Antiques is four floors of antiques. You could spend three days there and not see everything. Oh my goodness. It's four floors. Yeah. It's a three-story building with a basement. There, I mean, every, and every nook and cranny is full of antiques in that place. I need to make sure that my mother does not listen to this episode. <laughs> Otherwise, she will set up camp in there. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great business. I wish more people knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Municipal Bank concert in the summer, concerts in the summer at the mm-hmm. Grand and Civic Center. I mean, those are huge. Um, and some people don't realize them. I mean, that band's been performing for 70 some odd years, continuously mm-hmm. in our downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be back at it again this summer for 10 weeks. Um, yeah. So, so you, you, you mentioned a couple of those kind of like summer events mm-hmm. for, for you, maybe just you personally as Jana, what, what are some of your like favorite top events that are put on? Oh, really all of them. I mean, so our next, next one coming up is a car show. It'll be our 10th annual car show. Uh, actually, okay. I, well, it's 10th year of the car show, ninth actual show if you don't count sure. 20, sure, 20, sure. 20 when everything got canceled. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we just skipped that year. So this will be our 10th annual car show um, coming up on Sunday, May 7th. Um, one of the first ones of the year. Um, that's That was an event we started once I started here. It was just kind of new out of the way. We needed a fundraising event. That is really one of the funnest, easiest events that we do. Yeah, people, it people brings who are people car from people all over. And they're the most interesting people. They are. They love yeah. to talk. You know, the we work with 3D Sound to do it. And they always tell us people love our car show because we're so nice. I'm like, what do you mean people aren't nice when they run car shows? It's like, <laughs> well, you greet everybody, tell them, thank you for coming in. We're oh, glad you're yeah, here. And I'm like, yeah. I love hearing the stories of people, like what brought them here. Yeah. And um, how they found us, how they hear about us, what brought them here. What, what have they done? What, what are they like? What are they, you know, what since they've, what have they seen since they've been here? Mm-hmm. I just like hearing the stories of people. Well, and events like that also offer an opportunity uh, for, you know, uh, businesses here in the area to, you know, set up pop-up stands and 
food trucks and things like that that kind of help also yeah, we bring do. awareness to yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we give them a little list of all the restaurants that are open in the downtown so they can wander around while they're doing it if they want. Um, we don't have a whole lot of vendors set up on site. Um, okay. We work with the Sakwa or Inkstorm Tattoo down there and runs a flea market, like a swap meet kind of thing in conjunction with that. So there's really? a little bit of that going on. But it's just a good day. It's fun. You know, the car show brings people from all over the area. I mean, right. probably within a two, three hour radius come yeah. to show their cars. Yeah. But the community thing comes just to do the spectating. It's yeah. fun to see the families walk through. Yeah. And, and it is one of those things that kind of is good for every age. Yes, you know, for because sure. you get to you get to see not only the different unique vehicles there are, yeah. but then, you know, the, the people who who are participating, they've got the craziest stories about what got them into the car. What got oh, yeah, them into definitely. restoring? Yeah, things I mean, and, I've met a few families. Like, there's one they've got seven gazillion cars. I think they've been to every car show, and they haven't brought the same car twice yet. Oh my goodness! Um, there was one that was really cool. So, what we do with our, uh, our whoever, whatever car wins our best in show, we characterize that car, and on the next year, it's on our awards plaques. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So one of our, shall we say, saddest stories was was a twenty nine a twenty nineteen show. I don't remember the guy's name, but beautiful white Corvette one. And so he was supposed to be on our 2020 plaques. <clears throat> Obviously, we didn't have that show because of COVID. Yeah. We kept him. So he was on the 2020, 2021 plaques. Um, the car had been an accident in that window of time and he no longer had it. It had oh. been totaled. So he was so happy to have the yeah. award plaque with his car on it. So the, the it was plaque, cool we were able to do that. The plaque memorialized it because the car was yeah. no more. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So that, and, just those little stories are cool. Right. And that's just a, a way that, you know, and I don't know where that gentleman's from, but it's a way that it shows that our community is one that uh, gives back and even shows care for the, you mm-hmm. know, hey, you might not be from around here, but we care about mm-hmm. you and your car. Here's this plaque. And yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, uh, some of some of the maybe challenges that you've had to kind of overcome of helping to uh, bring a desire for businesses to come into the downtown area, you know, as opposed to, and, and I, I mean, the mall is doing incredible work as well. Um, but it's, you know, when, when there's options of, Oh, do we, you know, set up shop in the mall or set up shop over here or try and, you know, there's, there's folks still building spots out there by, uh, you know, the Menards and the Walmart mm-hmm. out there, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So there is still kind of almost development happening. What are some of the challenges that you you have to uh, overcome to get people to recognize that a downtown area is, a, is an area worth investing in? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, is it negotiating with landlords? Yeah, I mean, I mean is it, so much of it is. It's just there's no one size fits all. It's, mm. it's definitely not cookie cutter because we've got some great property owners in our downtown. And the, I would say the majority of our buildings are owner occupied. Okay. The the tenant, the business actually owns the building too. Yeah. Um, th- but there's a few of them that are we that are stuck in absentee in our hands, mm. and those owners aren't here, and that. The, that building's just right up, and it's well, owner and it's, apathy, for lack of a better word. And you it's hard to have communication with someone who isn't here in the community, yeah. Exactly. They don't understand the value of keeping up that property. Yeah. Um, because they're not, here every, every, they're not here every day to see it. Yeah. Or, you know, we don't, you know, I don't need to shovel my sidewalk. I'm not there. There's no business in that building. I don't care about it. Yeah. And it's easier to, you know, it comes back to that whole community apathy thing um, that we've been trying so hard to combat. But I don't want to get... You know, mentioned the armchair warriors and keyboard yeah. warriors, yeah, <clears throat> um, saying negative things about the community, but um, 
So, so it, w- would that be the thing that you would change about the area? You know, like if as you look at like you know Sterling Rock Falls, Dixon area, you look at the Sock Valley. You you, mm-hmm. you grew up here. You've invested most of your adult life here. And if you if you had to change something, or if you looked and you said, "This is what's missing," you know, what what would you say is missing in our area? Um, you know, more community pride. Mm. I think we. Ha- I think there's a lot of it out there, but I think sometimes the negative voices shout louder. Ah, so we need we need more of the positive voices to speak yeah. up. Yeah, this is what's good about this community. This is yeah. what I want. You know, this is what's good about this community. This is why you should live here. Um, you know, and if you if you feel that there's an issue and you want to see something happen, get involved and help affect that change. You know, help help create that change. Don't just say, well, the city should or yeah. this group should. I'm like, why is the city's responsibility to have an event or b- build this for you? Why, why, why don't you just do it yourself? You yeah, know? yeah. Like, you know, it's something as simple as um, we were just talking about this the other day in a meeting as the, our landscapers get out in the downtown and start doing the downtown cleanup and stuff like that. Pick up the dog, pick up your dog's poo. Yeah. <laughs> they may not have pooped in your yard. They pooped in the downtown in a park in a green space in the downtown. And you still should clean it and, up. And we don't got the snow to cover it up anymore. Yeah. And our landscapers are out there trying to fluff the beds and get ready for the daffodils and the tulips to bloom. And I'm like, yeah, why is it their responsibility to yeah. pick up your dog's yeah. crap? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we have all these cute little doggy do stations set up all over the place and the bags are in them. Use them. Yeah. And garbage cans. Well, and it's just recognizing, like you said, it's recognizing the resources that are there. Yeah. You know, and it's being willing to uh, be a part of of the solution. I have, I have a friend who uh, I, I really like her saying where she says, you know, you identify a problem and then you identify a solution and then you offer to be a part of the solution. Yes. You know, and so it's not just saying, oh, someone else should do that or wouldn't it be great if someone did such and such, but saying, hey, I, I would like to be a part of yes. such we and ca- such. We kind of ambushed some people doing like doing that a little bit. Hey, this would be great. If, you know, strongly made, this would be a great event. You guys should do this event. I'm like, we're like you know, that is a really good idea. Would you like to be in the committee to help yeah. us plan that? Oh, yeah. they take off the other direction. And when, if you do find the person who mm-hmm. goes, yes, I would like to, well, you've got a, you've got a ringer. You've got someone who's passionate yeah. about it. Someone who's willing to make it happen. What mm-hmm. if, what if someone wanted to like bring, bring an idea to Sterling Main Street? Mm-hmm. Like what, what is the best way to get uh, an idea before the team there? Before Send you, me a before? message on Facebook. Send me a message. Send me an email. Stop by the office. Pick my brain. We always walk. I mean, all of our committees are open to the public. I, we mm. need more committee members. We need mm. more volunteers. You know, I have a staff of me and my assistant, Lori. Yeah. And I have a board that's all volunteer that donates their time. Yeah. My board members can't be every subcommittee. So we have subcommittees for every event we do. We have a design committee, organization committee, promotions committee, economic vitality committee, a subcommittee for each and every event we do. Mm. The more people we get involved, the more we can do. Um, one of the things that... I brought here today is a lot of people ask us, you know, the thing I try to keep in front of me is why are we doing this project, be it an Mm. event or an activity or a promotional thing or like our retail incubator project is how will it improve the downtown? Is it targeting consumer groups to use the downtown more? Is there community wide support for the project? And do we have the resources to make the project impactful and how will we measure that impact? But do we have the resources to make that project impactful? One of the most valuable resources we have that we lack is human capital, mm. is the people, is the volunteers. Well, that you were mentioning all the different subcommittees, and all I was hearing was that sounds like a lot of opportunities for people to get involved. Yes, absolutely. I, and, and, you know, 
if if one person joins fifteen committees, that's going to be a lot of work. That's going to be burnout. But, yeah. but you don't you don't have to. No. It sounds like everyone people could get involved to the level that they're able to. Exactly, and mm. it's you know people are like well put me where you need me. I'm like well. I don't want to put me put you where I need you. I want to put you where your passion lies. Yeah. What's important to you is our flowers in the downtown important to you. Then I can put you where you want. Is our uh, pop up markets in the summertime your favorite event? Great. We can use an extra hand there. Um, is Christmas walk important to you? Great. We can need a hand. You know, and some of these committees yeah. just meet for short periods of time to plan specific right. events. Whereas you know economic vitality, you know, we're meeting all the time. To get this incubator project going, you yeah, know, I wanted, our, I wanted to yeah. ask um, one because I know that this isn't the first. This is the retail incubator, and there's yes. another incubator. Yes, out kind of on the outskirts. So of there's several. A bit. So yeah. And so what what was the process? Because this is new, so this is under mm-hmm. your time. Yes. What was the process of getting the retail incubators to happen? Where that idea come from? Um, so, so yes, there, there are two existing incubators in Sterling. So the greatest Sterling development company has, our corporation has the small business and technology center out towards on your, on Lefevre towards Westwood. And mm-hmm. there's the kitchen incubator. And those are that, that's a great incubator facility for small businesses, yeah. but it's a very, it's also specifically not for retail. Mm-hmm. Then there's the kitchen incubator, which is obviously a very, it's, it's a kitchen, commercial kitchen to help restaurants and whatever get started. Um, so, it, um, <clears throat> trying to fill empty storefronts downtown, you know, you go to all these classes and seminars and trainings and the number one, they say the best way to, they always say, especially small towns, you're not going to get a big box store to locate in your downtown. You need a local small business, a mom and pop business. And the best way to get those is to grow your own. Mm. So, um, Batavia, Illinois, and, and it, this wasn't new to them. It's in several other communities, too, like Berwyn. It really started with the Western Market in Muskegon, Michigan. But oh, okay. Batavia is a Main Street community that I'm close with. That we're, we bought, yeah, Main Street, in the Main Street world, we have the thing, this thing called R&D. It's not mm-hmm. research and development. It's rip off and duplicate. <laughs> it's bouncing ideas <laughs> off each other. It's, and, you know, yeah. hey, whatever If it's works. working somewhere else, um, give it a shot I've been here. following yeah. it since they started. They started these little micro retail spaces to help businesses get started. Wow. And they've had tremendous success with it. Yeah. You know, give you a small square footage to test your market. Maybe you've been doing pop-up markets or farmer's markets and vendor vendor shows and things like that. Maybe right. to sell online a little bit. And you've been contemplating taking that lip to brick and mortar. But you don't want to get locked into, you know, two my two thousand square feet. That's way more space than I need. I don't want to sign a three year lease. Right. I just want to test it. Can do it. Is this something I really want to do? Yeah. So they started these retail incubators, had a great deal of success with a majority of them moving into permanent brick and mortar locations, and including a few of them that decided, hey, this isn't really what I want to do. It's more bigger time commitment than I wanted. Yeah. To me, that's a success too, because you prevented catastrophe. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they seemed like a really good idea. I just started bouncing around with my committee. We did some sightseeing visit, you know, we did a couple of site visits. We met with their people, their team. We started talking with people here. We involved like the small business development center out of Sauk. How long ago was this? Oh man, the memories just popped up in my Facebook memories too. Um, this is 23, right? 22, 21. Okay. So after, even after pandemic stuff, this was not one of those in the crock pot before the pandemic or anything No, like not that. at all. But Tavia opened theirs in the middle of the pandemic. Wow. So they had been working on it beforehand, opened in the middle of the pandemic, and still saw good success. Yes. 
And so we're looking over there and saying, well, if it's working in these conditions, yes. why not give it yeah, a shot Yeah, they opened in 2020 in the middle of combat conditions. Wow. Yes. So this will be their fourth season. We'll be starting our first. Yeah. 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 And when are those set? I've, I, I've been down there a couple of times yeah. and there's right now there seems to be always a crew out there yeah. working on stuff. Well, we got a construction meeting tomorrow, so um, <laughs> I'll <laughs> well, know more then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we do have four businesses approved. Okay. I'll be making that announcement hopefully by the end of this week. Because there's how um, many? Look, six or eight? There's six units six. right now. We've got four businesses approved, so I do have two more units available if somebody mm-hmm. still wants to apply. Yeah. Um, we are having a construction meeting tomorrow. Um, we were hoping to be open by early May. That's not going to happen. Just mm. Mother Nature's not being cooperative. But we're hoping to be open by the end of May. I'll know more. Like I said, I'll know more tomorrow. What we're doing a big con- yep. construction yep. meeting. Yeah, see what we've got left. We're starting to get down to some detailed questions that I need to pull the whole team together. And as a as a brand new local, yeah. um, who who just got his Illinois driver's license in the mail this morning, um, I'll tell you, I I keep waiting for s- spring to hit. Yeah, and then we get. What, five inches of snow last weekend. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So we've got some site work yet to do. Um, they're still working on the interior finishes and stuff like that. Mm, but, mm. I mean, they've made amazing progress this winter. But yeah. um, just trying to get down to that final punch list and get the timeline going. I'm hopeful. I'm crossing my fingers that we'll be able to open by the end of May. Mm. Like I said, I'll be announcing more details on that here, hopefully, in the next few days as these details work out. Yeah, yeah. But I'm well, excited. So hopefully, you know. These four businesses will hopefully potentially grow into larger businesses in right. downtown, and we can funnel another batch through. Well, and like you said, you have you have locations already available mm-hmm. downtown where it, you know it's not that there's going to be a waiting list for things. Obviously, yeah. each business has to be a, a right size fit for different right. locations. And, and also, you don't have to locate in the downtown. This incubator is yeah. in the downtown, but if you want to open your business somewhere else on the edge of town, or in Rock Falls, or in Dixon, or in Morrison, or Prophetstown, right? It's it's an opportunity for small businesses in the region to test their market and see if they want to take that next step into yeah. a full-time brick and mortar location. Yeah. Do you find um, that there has been an a, a resurgence of kind of brick and mortar kind of business things? Because for a while there, it seemed like if you weren't talking e-commerce, you were going to get laughed out of a meeting. But now it almost seems like uh, just maybe anecdotally for me, I've, I've yeah. heard more, People desiring the the in person experience, the tactile. I think there's a little of both. I think I mean I I don't think retail ever truly did die. I think a lot of people e commerce wanted it to, but yeah. there's still so many people that need that. Like you said, in person experience. They want yeah. to see, feel, touch, smell what they're buying, especially when you're shopping local. Well, and and especially, especially with, if it's something handmade or handcrafted, yeah. you want to see the quality, touch the quality. I like hearing the stories of the small business it's, owners. You want it, you want to have a relationship with the person yes. who made it or who is getting mm-hmm. it for you kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I don't know if you've ever bought uh, any type of clothing online. It is. <laughs> you, you, you are, you know, it's. You got better better chances gambling at exactly. getting, getting, getting yeah. something. Yeah, unless good. it's like the, the only time I've ever had any success with online shopping has been like buying like a, re, a repeat purchase. Oh, okay, like, yeah. Like, oh, hey, I bought that pair of shoes in brown. They're really comfortable. They fit. I know this is my side. I know this is the brand. I want to get a different color. Sure. You know, yep. that's the only yep. time I've had much success. Yep. Is and, and you're, you're still repurchasing <laughs> something I've already bought. You're still going on a hope and a prayer with that, but you have right. a better chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think maybe that's part of it. Just maybe f- for myself, I mean, during the pandemic, online sales went through the roof for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that also meant because I, I mean I remember even before you know twenty twenty, I personally was like, well, 
you know, we have an Amazon account. We kind of use it. Do I really need to be paying for this kind mm-hmm. of thing? And then the pandemic happened and it's like, oh, this is now a necessity for life is online shopping, whether it's mm-hmm. one retailer or another. But yeah. online shopping is a necessity for life. And then you just have enough time. So you go, oh, my gosh, returning is such a hassle. And, oh, there's just some things I just want to swing by a store and pick up and, you know, things like that. Yeah. But then I because uh, my nerdy mind goes to like you have to look at the larger implications of shopping online or shopping out of town or shopping out of where you live. Yeah. You complain about the streets. Yeah. How do streets get filled? Your city does that. How does the city get money? Your sales tax, motor fuel tax. You take your shopping out of town, you're taking money out of your community that it mm. needs to reinvest in itself. And so really not only is um not only is it uh this like human success story of like, yeah, look at these small businesses. Yes. Hoorah, mm-hmm. the American dream. It's also when when we shop local, when we invest in the businesses locally, it's it's this uh, trickle down effect for our entire community. Yes, because one you, you that sales tax that the the building getting rehabbed, the property tax, the property value goes up. So the property taxes are going back into the community. Yeah. You buy from a you're you buy from a business owned by your neighbor. Yeah. You're helping put food on their table for dinner or, you know, whatever mm-hmm, that family mm-hmm, needs to because mm-hmm. you're providing, helping provide that income for that family but being successful. Um, that, that's such a, a trickle-down effect. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, buy, you buy a product on Amazon. Who's, who's getting rich off of that? Yeah. Nobody anywhere locally. Yep. Yep. No, you're so right. You're so right. Well, and, and um, I think that it's just – it is good not only to be hearing the stories of um, – the the I mean that's one of the things I love about this podcast is getting to talk to folks um, who have that uh, startup kind of mm-hmm. business and and, and want to see their passion mm-hmm. uh, become a reality kind of stuff yeah. and there's something there's something cool about hearing that story yes. but then connecting that to this actually uh, this actually blesses the entire town the entire community when that sort of a thing happens you know it's mm-hmm. it's when we invest locally that the whole local area prospers actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you, as you live here, work here, invest in this area, mm-hmm. what gives you hope about the Sauk Valley, whether it's Sterling in uh, specific or Sauk Valley in general, what, what gets, what gets you excited? Just all those random little comments about, you know, Hey, you're doing a good job or we see, we see what you're doing. We acknowledge what you're doing. Um, I don't do this for the praise by any stretch of the imagination. I do this because this is what I love doing. But just those little acknowledgments where people like, hey, I, I stopped at this business today. I didn't know it was there before. Yeah. Um, the feedback, um, Chris Noble at the Chamber and I have been working with this group called, we're calling the Keystone Group, um, Millennials and Gen Zers now. Okay. Um, getting them more involved and just aware of what's going on in the community. I saw that. That was a, a, a Facebook group that popped up for me. Yeah, there's yeah. a Facebook group. If you're under 40, feel free to join. I think I saw it before I moved here, so I wasn't going to be allowed to, but maybe now oh, I can. Yes, there you go. There's also a front-facing Facebook page. Um, but just trying to get that younger group, you know, how do you get involved? Because you yeah. look at, like, Rotary and Optimus and all those those service-based groups. Yeah. Um, I look at, you know, church groups, just trying to get all the faith-based community and stuff like that, you know, women's societies and all that stuff. Yeah. COVID, a lot of those mm-hmm. groups died off because, you know, aged out, elderly. Yes. 
the, the next generation isn't behind them. Well, and some of it is a generational difference as yes. well. You know, yeah. things, I mean, it, it, it was not that long ago that everyone was part of Rotary yeah. and Elks and a church. Exactly. People are busy these days. Yeah. You know, you got kids going in 16 different directions with yep. different activities. Yep. Um, and school, you're working multiple jobs, perhaps. Um Resources are thinner and stuff like that. So yeah. how do you keep those groups going? But how do, you know, there's this whole group of young people in our community that want to get involved. They just don't know how to get involved. Mm. So how do you outreach to them to empower them, to connect them with the resources? You know, you want to get involved and do this? That's great. Did you know this group's already doing that? Let me yeah. connect you with them. Yeah. Um, making those connections. Making sure that we're not duplicating efforts without realizing that exactly. we're both doing the same thing. And, and just glimmers of hope from that group. Yeah. And, you know, seeing that there really are some young people out there that want to get involved and do good and make impact change in our community. Um, that that gives me hope. Yeah. How cool. How cool. You know, even, you know, the older generation, my, my, my generation, the older generation beyond me too, just... They want to get involved and they see, don't be afraid of change. Mm. You know, Sterling is not what it was 20 years ago. Sterling's not what it was 40 years ago. We're not going to, we're not going to be that community again. Mm. It's just, you know, manu- the world of manufacturing has changed. It's yep. involved. The whole world has changed. It's not just Sterling specific. This is happening all over yep. America. Yep. Especially in rural America. It's not dying. It's just changing. And it, mm, the more you good. fight that, you know, you just need to be open to change mm-hmm. and willing to roll with it. And not just roll with it. Just get involved and be a part yes. of it and steer yes. the ship that right direction. Yes, invest as well. Well, and, and that's been something that I think has been um, a, a difference maker in this area mm-hmm. because there there are a lot of stories in rural parts of our country that the change that has happened has left those communities behind. Mm-hmm. Whereas this community has proven that they're able to reinvent themselves. And there are people who are willing to continue to invest in new ways. And it, mm-hmm. it, it brings new life in different seasons yep. in different ways. Um, but that that's the, that's the difference maker is not only people who are okay with change, mm-hmm. but are willing to become part of the change yeah. and, and part of uh, leading the direction forward. Yes. Yeah. Just being open to it. be, be receptive, be open-minded to it. Mm. If it doesn't totally work for you, then get involved and help us tweak it. So it works yeah. for you. Yeah. Don't, but the more you fight it, the harder it's going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Jana, I, I so appreciate speaking with you. Um, as, as we're coming to a close, mm-hmm. it, uh, what, are there any projects that certainly Main Street is working on currently that you want to bring people uh, to their awareness that you want to like make sure they know about that's coming up as we head into spring? Oh, I would really just say the big three things we've got on our plate is the farmer's markets open year round. If you've not been there, check it out. Yeah. It's a, it's a hidden gem among, and it really isn't that hidden, but it, there's so many people that don't know about it. Our farmer's market is amazing. Um, the retail incubators, I think that's going to be huge this summer. I'm so excited to see this project come to fruition. So Please be supportive and receptive to this group, new, this new crop of business owners that we're going to be introducing. And the third one, just be our event schedule. We've got a yeah. lot of fun activities and events, a little bit of everything coming up throughout the summer. We've got the our whole event schedule is out online already. Um, and then our flower, but, you know, we've got a lot going on. Yeah. Just be willing to, you know, reach out. If you don't yeah. know what's going on, reach out, um, check out our Facebook page, check out our website. Yeah. Where do you want people to get in contact with you guys? So Sterling Main Street, um, we're in the sand, we call it the Sandborn building in downtown Sterling. It's a 
the old Walgreens for people who remember that from the 80s. <laughs> um, otherwise, most recently, the Miller Lancaster Law Firm. And we're at 15 East 3rd Street downtown. You can always stop by our office Monday through Friday. Um, the easiest place for information is probably our website, strollingmainstreet.org. Okay. Um, and then we've also got social media. We do um, Facebook and Instagram mm. for both Main Street and the Twin City Farmers Market has its own online mm. presence as well. So um, those are probably your best places to get information on yeah. what we've got going on. But, you know, feel free to call the office. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jana, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, um, until next time on the Sock Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home. Home.